the most incredible, the most incredible love that you could ever encounter. We've been talking about spiritual elevation and putting our, our focus and our understanding on, on God and our relationship with God. And I want, I want you to know that we, we've messed this up pretty bad because we don't understand it. And so I just pray through this message this morning that we understand our, our position in Jesus Christ of our relationship. Our, our relationship with God is, is something that we've, honestly, if we were to go and do a survey, we've worked really hard at. We, we get the idea and we almost get filled with guilt and go, oh, I need to read more. I need to read more. I need to pray more. I need to pray more. I, I, I need to be in church more. I need to do more. I need to sign up. And it's this do, do, do get it done, knock it out type thing that we just put our hearts into trying to accomplish, conquer, check off list or something. And I, I started thinking, but what if, honestly, what if my relationship with my wife was like this? What if, can you imagine Jenny checking my cell phone and, and, her, and it pops up and it, it comes with the calendar thing and says, love Jenny today, you know, show, show, tell her you love her today. And just be like, what's this? Oh, I schedule that just so I don't forget to do that. I, I, I don't want to ever not love you the way that I should love you and appreciate you. Can you imagine if Jean had to come in my office and say, uh, Tony, I, I noticed on your schedule you haven't planned a date night in a long time. I was like, oh man, I, I need to do that. How can I squeeze that in? You, you say it would never work that way. Not, not, when you love someone, it, it's, you, you can't get it off your mind. Nobody has to push you into it. It's, it's a natural response to it. When you love somebody, you've you got to pull them back and say, man, all you think about is that girl. or All you think about is that guy point that I was simply trying to make last week when you love somebody and I was talking about how I, I fell in love with my wife and how things changed in my life. It was a natural change. Now, the Bible says to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and might. And I, I was talking about how when I fell in love with Jen and my affection was towards her and I, I, I wanted to be around her and I wanted to know her, my life changed. You say, well, I, I, I need to, I need to. And I'm, let me tell you, my, my mind changed of how I viewed the relationship, how, how I planned out uh, my, my schedule, how I planned out my weekend, how I planned out my money, everything my thought process went into around her. I loved her with all my mind. I, I loved her with all my heart, my, my affection. I, I, I showed her, I told her, I wrote to her, I did all these things. It w- wasn't a hard thing. The desire of my heart came out my lips and I told her how I felt about her. I loved her with all my strength. I, I went to work working two jobs so that I could earn the money to get married. I loved her with my strength to, to earn the money to get that ring. And you said, you, oh, you had to do that. No, I wanted to do that. If we could wrap our minds around this when it comes to our relationship with God and, and take it away from the have to do's and don'ts and all this to, man, I, I just love you and I, I want you to know through what I do. How would things change in our lives? It's more than just relation, uh, religion between me and God. It's a relationship between me and God. It's not a mystical, untouchable, out-of-my-touch out type thing. It is a natural, real love between me and God. The scary thing is it's our, our perspective on a relationship with God is wrong where we put it into works. Do you love God? I go to church. It's like me. Do you love Jenny? Well, I show up at home at, don't I? I? I go home at night. Yes, I love my wife. And I mean, just walking through there and sitting down and like, I love you. You know, saying the words. That that that's love. 
God's saying, just because a bunch of people show up in a building doesn't mean that they love me. I, I can tell you, I show up at Walmart, and I don't love Walmart. I really don't. First John 4, 19. We're going to spend most of our time this morning in the book of First John. I'm going to show you something powerful. And I'm going to try to illustrate this this morning and, and help us. If we can walk away from understanding this verse, then, then it will change our lives. 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because, it's not because we go to church, because we're very faithful, because, I, because all these different things. It's none of those. I love him because of his love for me. Now, now I, I'll, I'll be honest, when I love him, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, if you love me, it's going to show. That's when the love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and might comes into place. But it starts with his love to me, which is totally nothing I can do about. And so I'm, I mean, I'm going to kind of blow our minds and, and kind of put things back into perspective of how we've gotten things wrong. How we can go through the motions and get worn out and church and work and service becomes a chore when it's not motivated from our hearts. Things change when we encounter God's love, when we understand God's love. When we realize that it starts with him loving us first. The Bible says, let me show you, 1 John 4, 8. This response, we respond back to the way that we were created to. The Bible says, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. You see, if you, you say you don't, I, I don't have that kind of love for God. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't have that drive or I don't have that passion. I don't have that. And God says, let me very carefully and lovingly tell you this. Then you don't know me the way you should. That's what God said. Because if, if you don't know God that way, you're not going to love that God the way. And if you don't love God that way, you're not going to love him with your heart, soul, mind, and mind. So the, the thing is to know the love of God. You guys realize if I could get us to know the love of God, it would change everything in your life to begin with knowing the love of God. Knowing this, that without God, without his love, I can't. My love is a natural reaction to his love. It is not forced. It is not guilt. It is not hard. It is not an obligation. If any of these things would be true, then it would not be love. It would be a contract. It would be an obligation. It would be a job. And that's definitely not how God wanted it. So how do we do this? This can be under, hard to understand. I'm going to be honest. At the beginning of this, it can be hard to understand. Can I tell you how awesome my God is? That my God, with his love, he stood back and said, I don't want this to be out of touch. I don't want it to where my people cannot grab this. I don't want it to be where they cannot understand this. So I'm going to put it on a level where they'll get it. And I know we could get into all the definitions of love in this. But tonight, or, or this morning, why do I keep on saying tonight? So I'm, I'm going to give you this. And last week I kind of did a similar thing where I kind of brought you through. And you're thinking, all he's doing is talking about how he met his wife. No, I was trying to illustrate on, on a level that God gave us about love. Let me talk about his love for me. It was 13 years ago that God blessed me with my first child. His name was Jordan. And from the time that we were first married, we had planned 
on having kids. And not because we had to, but because we wanted to. There's no greater love than family. I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't understand this before I had it. It is an unexplainable love between a mom and a child. It is an unexplainable love between a father and his son. Or father and his daughter. I'm, now, if you've, if you've never been there, I'm going to tell you right now, it's hard for you to understand. And I'm not trying to rub it in your face about it, but it is, it's hard to grab this. Any, anybody that's a parent right here are going to say, you know what, I, I can tell you what it's like to lay awake at night when, when my son or daughter is 28 years old and worried about whether they're okay or not. You, you know what it's like to call them and say, you call me when you get home and you say, Mom, I'm 37. She goes, I don't care. You're my baby. I, there's something, there, there's a love there that's unexplainable. There's something that goes on. And you, you sit there and say, well, I don't have children, so this is un, uh, untouchable for me to get. Let me tell you, you have parents and you are a child. So I tell you, every one of us can relate in some way. But there is an illustration that God has given us to say, hey, listen, I, I, I have made you this way. There's an internal love that goes beyond words. Do you know why? I'm going to tell you why. You know why you lay in bed at night to think about your kids? You know why you get sick if you think that they're sick? You know why you can't sleep or you can't eat if you think that they're hurt? Do you know why it's like that? Do you know why you have that? Because you were created in the image of God. Say, wait a minute, you did a whole series on that. I did on purpose. See, our children are created after us. This could be good and this could be bad. <laughs> Some of you that are just really ugly should stop. <laughs> Do the world a favor. No, I'm kidding. Some of you need to see me after church. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I'll just hold up a mirror and say, here's my reason. No, I'm kidding. I really love people, honestly. But our kids end up being in our likeness. They take on our personalities. They take on our likes. They take on our dislikes. They take on our quirky jokes. They, they, I mean, if you notice about how many of you step back and say, you are so your son. You are so your daughter. I mean, and, and I know when it happens. My kids do something dumb. My wife says, they are so your kids. They get good grades. That They take right after me. I don't understand. Why can't some of the good traits fall into my gene pool? I don't understand that. But they're born after our likeness. Now, let me give you a little flashback for a minute. Genesis 1, 26, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him, uh, him, male and female created he them. This was the relationship that God was establishing. It was, it was a, another duplicate. It was something that he could connect with. Not, not like I said, not with all the other creations. God said, I want to create something for me. I want to love them, talk with them, be with them, fellowship, enjoy life, create a world around them, stick them in it, and said, we're going to do this together. Everything that we have, God created, 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 and then on the last day, he created man, and he said, I did all this for you, and we're going to do it together. We embrace the handiwork of God all around us every day. And God did it. You turn around and you say, well, this son and God gave you a child and all this other stuff. Man, that's, that's a great illustration. Yeah, I, I see you were probably sitting in your office and you thought, hmm, what, what could I do to illustrate this? No, I'm going to tell you that this is God's illustration. We, we reverse it. We try to make this an illustration of what God does. God turned around and says, no, this is the, the prototype 
And your relationship with your child is a duplicate of this. It's not, it's not that, oh, this is a lot like that. God says, yeah, that's the original. You, you reversed it. You see, 1 John, right? We're still in 1 John. Let me take you back to chapter 3 before we get into this love chapter. Behold, what manner of the love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You're going to tell me that I'm just making up illustrations? No. Because God loves you so much that he wants you to get and understand how much he loves you. So God says, in all of your illustrations, every day of your love for your children, your love for your family, your love for your parents, he said, I'm going to illustrate it. That's where it came from. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him. You say, how did they come from? We just read it in Genesis. It's not going to be some weird, mystical, out of place. Oh, this doesn't make sense. He said, when I shall appear, it's going to click. You're going to realize that this is why you were created If you go through this life without God, you are going through life without the creation. The other half, the bigger part, why you exist was for God. And there are no substitutes. For we shall see him as he is. I'm here to tell you that God's love was put on our level. It was God's illustration. So please keep that in mind as I go through my illustration. That not that I was trying to reach for straws, that I was kind of going by his illustration, his example. Years later, we were hired, or hired after three years of us being married. We were hired here at the church. And I remember going through the interview process. We went back. We finished school. And during that time, Jenny found out that she was pregnant with Jordan. It was crazy. I, I didn't know what to expect. I was excited, but I didn't know what to expect. We got our first apartment in the second bedroom that we had in there. We planned out every detail of his room. I mean, we, we went hog wild. And here the thing is, that baby never walked in there and leaned up and was like, oh, this is really nice, you know. We did all that work, and he didn't even get it. We have to go back and say, your nursery was so cool. And, and I mean, that, that's all it is. We, we created this whole thing, and he, he didn't even understand how hard Dad worked to make the lights come on. He, he didn't understand the sacrifices that were in to, to give him a comfortable bed. He didn't, but you know what? I didn't do it just for him. I did it because I loved him that much. I loved my son so much it went beyond his understanding. And there was a whole world around my son that he embraced and enjoyed every single day that was just an outpouring of dad's love and a mom's love. And that baby that earned nothing, that did nothing, that I, I, I literally just came into the earth because I desired for him. He didn't even understand that. He didn't understand how amazing he was to me as a dad. He had no understanding how much he meant to me as a father. The fact that some days I couldn't even leave the room, I would stand inside the shadows to make sure he was okay. Because I just wanted to make sure he was okay and he never knew I was there. But I was always there. I'd be in the shadows listening if he cried. And sometimes I just let him cry because I loved him enough to let him cry. 
because I knew he was okay and just he needed to deal with being alone or dealing with being in the dark or dealing with whatever. And he didn't always understand what daddy was doing. But I can tell you that daddy loved him so much that I was close enough to pick him up or fix the problem when he never even knew it. I say, he, he must love you like crazy. You, you understand that a lot of the things that I did, he doesn't even know. But I knew. And the joy that I got from being there for him just was overwhelming. I would see other people with their kids and think, I wouldn't want your little brat. I mean, I, I just remember going, I would not want it. You have to go home with that. And then God gave me my own little brats. I mean, God, God, God just said, you know, I'm going to bless you. And I love my brats even times that I can't even love your brats. You're going to say, my kids are in brats. Yes, they are. It's in the Greek, I promise. <laughs> they let us go home with Jordan. I was scared to death. Jenny, Jenny can tell you, I relocked the, 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 the car seat 20 different times, and I'm checking everything, and I, I, I locked Jordan in, and I drove. Lord is my witness. I drove way under the speed limit, and Jenny was like, what are you doing? I don't know. I've never driven with a baby before. I, I just didn't want to mess it up. Jordan never knew I did all that. There were so many things that I did because I loved him so much. So many things. We, I, I had so much joy of coming home. and I, I would just come home and sit on the couch and hold him. And it was just the weirdest thing. I went out, growing up, I never had a desire. I was like, oh, you got a baby. Let me hold a baby. I was like... I just didn't want the thing spitting up on me or doing other things on me. I just. See, we fed him, we bathed him, we cleaned him. We met his needs 24-7. Although there was times that I get tired and frustrated, but I tell you, I never got tired of loving him. The thing about it is he had nothing to offer us back. He did not pay the bills. He did not clean the house. He did not do laundry. Actually, he cost us a fortune. <laughs> You say, oh, babies don't cost that much. Go buy diapers. Price diapers. I'm telling you, I have to cash in your 401k to buy diapers. And knowing what they do with them, it's like, come on, man. It's got to be a better way. The value that we had in our son was the fact that he was my son. See, he did not have to earn our love because that was impossible. It was not in what he did. It was who he was. Our love was freely given to him. I wanted to understand. I want us to understand, especially this morning, our position in Christ. I'm going to lead you through three simple points. Honestly, it's more of the tail end of my message than the thrust of my message. And I want you to understand what I'm talking about. I, I, God blessed me with three kids. I've got Jordan, Logan, and Morgan. And I love each one of them differently, depending on how they irritate me. But I love them all. <laughs> Logan, you got a minute, buddy? Come up here. All right, this is Logan. He is 10 years old. He is single. <laughs> He's got hair. For now. <laughs> Look at Daddy. It's coming, buddy. Uh, let, 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 let's draw out an illustration, okay? Logan, you just have to hang there. I, I, want, I, I want, for the visual illustration of this this morning... That this platform is going to be our house. 
Okay, we live in an apartment. It's not much bigger than this, so it's a good illustration. <laughs> we live in a two-bedroom apartment right now, and so we're in that house hunt thing. And so when I, when, when I had my kids, this is what I did. And you guys, are just, just follow me and let me connect the dots at the end, okay? I took my son, and I placed him into my house. It's my house, okay? I paid for it. It belongs to me. Everything, Logan, just so you know, that's in this house is bestowed upon you because you are a child of Tony. He is the son of Tony. Nobody had to convince me. Nobody had to make me. When I had my son, I wanted him. I loved him, and I placed him in my house. He is not an observer. He belongs here. He's not a visitor. He belongs here. I wanted him to be here. He does not even realize how much joy he brings to me to place him in that spot. See, the thing is, my children live in my grace. Like I said, they, they didn't earn any of it. My kids don't pay the bills. They, they, they don't, they don't, they're not able to. Let me tell you, even if Logan turned around and said, Daddy, I, w- I will earn it. I will pay for it. I want to stay here and I, I will wake up every day. I don't care how much a 10-year-old works. He will never work hard enough to pay and earn his right to be here. It's impossible. It's impossible. And you say, wait a minute. So you mean every day this kid gets to wake up and heat and go to bed in a bed. And he gets to wake up and get fed. And he gets you to protect him. And if somebody knocks on the door that you don't know who it is, you run there and not send him down. And all these things go on. And he doesn't have to do one thing to earn it. Yes. So I don't understand that. He's my boy. He's my son. And the motive of all these things that I'm talking about He was brought into this situation to begin with because of my love for him. Not just love. You cannot just explain a father's love. You cannot write it out. You cannot spell it out. You you cannot just say it. I'm telling you, it goes far beyond any of those things. It's hard to explain. No one can make him leave. No one has the power to do that because I own the deed to the home. Okay? I own the deed to everything he has. And I have the power to make sure nobody takes it away. Unless it's the government. (laughs) And God's illustration is a whole lot better than my illustration. (laughs) But everything that I have, he gets it. And he's going to one day say, Dad, I don't understand why you do all this for me. I I mess up. I make mistakes. One day you're just going to kick me out and say, no, son, that's never going to happen. You see, his his position, he's got it on your hands, his position with me. It's not conditional. It's positional. It's not based upon what he does. It's based upon who he is. And that is he is my child. Let me throw out a verse to kind of reinforce this. If any man, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man knows Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me read it the right way. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. See, we are born into the family of God. Logan was born into my family. He said, how can you have a bond that strong? And so it's only by the blood. 
It's only by the blood. He's part of us. His position is based on our relationship. Logan is my son, and let me tell you, if you mess with Logan, you mess with me. You say, I, what, if, what if he had to, to earn her? What if he does something wrong or whatever? And you say, doesn't he have that fear of being kicked out or whatever? You've got to understand something. First of all, if that was true, you'd be homeless, son. <laughs> I love you, but you're not perfect. But the thing is, understanding the position of grace, it's, I, th- I think we've lost sight of this. I, I don't think we fully understand this, what it means. Because the truth of the matter is, for me, and I, I know you guys are connecting the dots, for me to be in Christ, and for me to be in grace, and for me to be, my position is the son and the child of God, for me to understand all of these things, even in the midst of that, I'm going to be honest. And the reason why I started all this, sometimes we get apathetic in the midst of that. Sometimes it's not always the son saying, Daddy, thank you for everything. Daddy, thank you for loving me. Daddy, thank you for your grace. Thank you. Sometimes we get in the mode where we're un- just ungrateful. We're selfish. And we don't praise. We don't thank. We don't appreciate. And this is when grace goes from a grace to amazing grace. Because even in the midst of him being unthankful and even disobedient and even in the house... There are times where the relationship might not always be great, but he still gets to sleep in my house. Nothing changes the position. But sometimes it does affect the relationship. Sometimes there's a rebellion goes on and, and the connection isn't always this, but it doesn't change his position. Let me, let me take this a step further. How, how do you change this? I, I want it to be more than just my position in Christ. I want to love God. Let me show you this. In 2 Peter 3.18, the Bible says this, but grow in grace. You see, Logan, Dad placed you into a position, and the position that you're in is, is going to be called grace. And while you're in this position, you get to grow into what Dad wants you to be. And the thing is, I'm going to provide in your life everything that you need So that that you have safety and protection and you have everything that you need when you're growing in grace. He is surrounded with God's grace. Why? Because I desire for Logan to grow into the man of God that I want him to be. But you don't understand. It's not that you're on your own doing this. You're not on your own doing this. You're in the grace of God. And the verse goes on to say this. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I not only want Logan to be here, but I want him to understand why. I want him to see what it is. It's it's not just about church. It's not about rules. It's not about religion. We see salvation sometimes as just being our ticket out of hell rather than understanding that God died on the cross that we might know him and the power of his resurrection. The Bible says in Psalms 34 verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not just experience it, but I want him to see it. See, here's the thing. Here's point number two. It goes from our position. It goes from our position to our perspective. See, I not only want you to be here, but I want you to see for what it is. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to take notice of all that God is, it changes us. 
if you begin to see that God's grace and God's mercy and God's love is all around us, we open our eyes, we change our perspective. Our position is the fact that we are in God's love and God's grace. Our perspective is that I see God's relationship, that he desires for me to be there. But notice this, our perspectives lead to our passion. See, this changes us. And being here, we see what God has done. See that we have a knowledge of God. It goes far beyond just being here, but it's a relationship, fellowship with God and learning God. See, here's where all of a sudden all these things that we're doing in, in this position and he sees dad for who I am and the fact that I'm not against him and that I love him, that I want him to, him to be here. All this turns to where he begins to love God with his mind. It, it, it's amazing. I, I told you guys a while back or some of you guys, it was so cool. Logan has gotten into origami and he folds up the paper and I, I, me and Jenny came home one day after a date night that we had and we had a babysitter over and Logan folded up these hearts, and he wrote on there, I love you, Dad, and I love you, Mom, and stuck it on our pillows. Oh. <laughs> That's what these are for right here. He said, why, why did he do that? I didn't make him do it. He thought of it all of his own. And he got up, and, and, and the kids sometimes will do special things where they'll clean the house, and they put their love into action. You know why? It's not because they have to, but because they understand the blessings of what mom and dad have done for them. And, and sometimes it's the coolest thing when our kids will go two or three times and sneak into our room just to give us a kiss and say, I love you. And you never even know what's going through their heart or mind, but something's in their life. And I'll tell you, I, out of all the things, I, I don't want just a service. I want our relationship. This is why I brought him here. My love and my grace is all around him. And as a child of God, he gets to embrace all that I have for him. And all I wanted to do is for him to grow in grace and in a knowledge of his father. I, I want him to know, I want him to taste and see. I don't want him just to experience it, but I want you to see it, Logan. I want you to know all these things. All, all the things that I'm talking about is, is to lead to one big thing. I want him to be loved by me. And I want him to love me back. See, we love God because he first loved us. And he gave himself for it. And he said, we don't have a picture of God's love. You're right. I tell you, we've got the cross. And the cross was God's outpouring on us that we could see his love towards us. Let me close with one verse. 1 John 4.18 he said, we read 1 John 4, 19, you're right. There is no fear in love, but perfect love hath cast out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. See, my kids respect me, but I don't want them fearing. If anything, I, I want them to know that greater is he that is with me than he that is in this world. That's what I want him to know. I want him to know that there, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I, I'm never going to kick you back into the world. I'm never going to kick you up. You turn around and say, I don't understand that. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know my past or whatever. You don't understand God's love. I don't care how far you are in the world. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your sin is. God went out of his way to love you where you're at. 
But God committed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died. And he tore down everything that got in the way, and he took us from where we were, and he stuck us in a position of God's grace. You say, I, I, I can't be good enough. You're right, because it's by grace that you are saved, and not, not of yourself. It is the gift of the Father. When we get this, and you understand where you stand in Christ, your love will change toward your Father. But if you try to make it all about what you do, and you think it's all based upon how much you serve, or all the things that we do, we've turned it into works instead of a relationship. Logie, you can, you can be seated. What does it mean to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might? What does it mean to love God in that way? And you say, man, I want to love God that way. But let me tell you, you've got to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that he's already broken down everything that separated you. He's already paid for all of this. He's already done everything possible. What he wants so bad is revelation when he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come unto him and I will sit with him and I will stop with him and he with me. That's what God wants. And that's where we start. I'm glad you're here, but it's not about being here. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you serve. I'm glad that we're, we're about to take up our offering and all those things. But I'll tell you, those are byproducts of the relationship. 